welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Mishpatim, which means laws, civil laws. And uh, this parasha uh, is full and replete of, uh, of laws that cover restitution for damages, outlying of bribery. It, 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 it covers roles of custodians and guardians to name a few. And uh, if we look at it, it's really these laws, these civil laws are uh, created by, it can be created by, by the intellect, like a person that is intelligent and is discerning and understanding, he can come up with these laws by himself and, and realize like if you need a civil society, you need a good society, you need to have certain types of laws in which people will respect themselves. So the question is, and it's very interesting, like Hashem gave the Torah uh, to the Jewish people, and after the giving of the Torah, the next thing he does is he gives this parasha, he gives all these laws, these mishpatim laws, to the, to the people. And the people, when they received the Torah, at that moment they were in a very lofty state, uh, they were almost like angels, they could be prophets, all of them, and they were very godly people at that moment. So why would God come and give them these intellectual laws that they could have made by themselves once they entered the land of Israel? They could have like lived like this by their own intelligence. Why would he come and give them all these laws and not, for example, give them the, 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 the Zohar or the, or the mystical aspects of the Torah. So the answer is because even though human intellect can come up with these laws, the first thing Hashem wanted to impart into the people is that to be able to live a godly life, to be able to follow Hashem's will, it's, it's through His laws. Even if they make sense or they don't make sense, we have to live through his laws. And, uh, and then this Torah portion begins to make it more mind-boggling. It begins with the laws of, of, of a slave. If you owned a slave, what was your responsibility? So why is this like mind-boggling? Because the Jewish people had just come out of Egypt, 210 years being slaves. Hashem takes them to freedom. He gives them a Torah and uh, and he tells them, now you're free, free people, you're free to follow me. So from being slaves in Egypt, what we had to do is become slaves to God. That's the whole purpose of taking us out of Egypt and taking us to Matan Torah and giving us the Torah and bringing us to the land of, of Israel. But here Hashem allows Jews to be slaves. So how can it be? that he takes us out of Egypt from being slaves to the Egyptians, then he makes us slaves to him, and then he allows us to be slaves to someone else. It doesn't make sense. So let's see what this whole parasha is about. It's very interesting, this part of the slaves. And he comes and he tells us, should you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall work for six years, and in the seventh year he shall go out to freedom. Without charge, if he comes in alone, he shall go out alone. If he's married man, his wife shall go out with him. So it's telling us a few things here. First of all says, should you buy a Hebrew slave? So it's not an obligation to have Hebrew slaves. There's a reason why they're slaves. And it's telling us that this person owes nothing to his uh, master. Once he leaves, he decides to leave after six years. 
he owes zero, but if he doesn't want to leave, he doesn't need to leave. So what it's telling us here, it says, but if the slave says, I love my master, my wife and my children, and I will not go free. He decides, I don't want to be free. His master shall bring him to the judges, and he shall bring him to the door, or to the doorpost, and his master shall board his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So we see here that if he desires to remain a slave, he may become an Evet Nitzra, which is a pierced slave till the jubilee year which is 50 years later so a pierced slave what happened is a person doesn't want to go free a man because women were not allowed to be slaves a man decides he doesn't want to go free and he gets his ear pierced this is why jewish men don't pierce their ears because it's like a connotation of being a slave to somebody so so how can the Torah permit people to, to be slaves? What, what's the whole thing here? And what is this bizarre ritual of piercing an ear? So number one, a Jew is strongly discouraged from being a slave. This is not what Hashem wants for a Jew. Hashem wants us to be free people, have free choice, be able to be uh, responsible of ourselves. And we learn from the from the first two commandments and the national and the national redemption from Exodus, from Egypt, that the process of leaving slavery to man, and we were leaving Egypt to become slaves to God, servants to Hashem. So there's a fundamental truth, and is that a person is a slave to something. We're always going to be slaves. We're going to be slaves to our addictions. We're going to be slaves to fashion. We're going to be slaves to money. We're going to be slaves to what people think of us. People are always going to be slaves. There's no way that a person will not be attached to something. But Hashem, he wants us to be attached to him because it's our nature. It's in our nature to always be attached to something. So God created the world in such a way and he created his Torah so the Jew would be attached to him. So how does a Jew become a slave? How can this be possible? And there's two reasons why a Jew can become a slave. One is that this person, this male was a thief or he, or he ruined somebody's property or he did something wrong to somebody and he cannot, uh, he cannot return the stolen item or he cannot pay it back or he cannot re pay restitution for a damage he created. So this person would be sold into slavery by the court for six years. And he would go into six years of slavery for this guy that he has to, to make restitution. And in this way, he would work his way out. The second reason why a person could become a slave is a person, is a man, that has nothing to eat, and uh, he's a destitute, he has no, no, nothing. He has no house, he has nothing. And uh, the, the only way in which he can uh, eat is if he becomes himself a slave. And, um, and he chooses to sell himself as a slave to feed himself and his family, and he has no property, and, uh, and he has nowhere to go. So this person would come and he would say, you know what, um, I'm gonna become a slave, this is the only way I can do this, uh, this is the only way I can get out of this. So 
and so the 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 the, the Torah says here. And it will be, he says to you, I will not leave you because he loves you and your household for it's good for him with you. So this slave is fine, six years, he has a plan, he has work, he, he's gonna work there, his family is gonna be taken care of, and the laws of the slaves are very uh, strong, like the, the owner of the slave, he has a piece of, of, of steak, and he's gonna give beans to the slave, he, he cannot do that. He has to give the steak to the, to the slave and he eats the beans. If he only has one bed, he gives the bed to the slave. Like he's treated like royalty, this slave. And so, so in a way, a person can get accustomed to this type of lifestyle and at the end, he doesn't want to leave. Why would he wanna go out into the world and have to work and make a living when he lives like a rich man? So, so, the slave, after six years, if he's, he doesn't want to be freed, he's punished for this. And the way he's punished is that he is given a pierced ear. And that's a symbol of a person that just gave up on life and he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to do the get out of it. He just is comfortable where he is and he doesn't want to get out of it. So King Solomon says in Mishlein Proverbs, 6.30, they will not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite, for he's hungry. So King Solomon cautions us not to hate the thief who steals because he's hungry. So it's talking about compassion. And this is something, it's one of the Torah uh, teachings is that we should be compassionate towards other people. We have to feel for them. So we learn from the Talmud in Tractate Eruvim, that, three th that there's things, there's three things that cause a person to act against his will. And one of the things that will, uh, that will act, uh, a person to act against his will and the will of his creator. So one of these uh, things that will make a person act against his will or the will of the creator is extreme poverty. When a person is, um, in, in dire straits, he has nowhere to sleep, nowhere to eat, no food, no clothes, no shelter, no nothing, then this extreme poverty uh, should arouse in, in another Jew uh, feelings of mercy instead of judging harshly this person. And we're very easy to judge. We will say, oh, you know, he's a bum. He doesn't get his act together. He should go and work. Let him die of hunger. He should learn his lesson. No, the Torah is cautioning us. This is not the way to be. We, we are nobody to, to judge other people. We're not in their shoes. We don't know what they've gone through and we should act mercy, with mercy. So every Jew is expected to serve God, but we not all face the same uh, challenges. For some people, it's easier. For some people, it's harder. Also, the circumstances in which we are, like a Jew in New York, it's much easier for a Jew in New York to go and buy kosher food and eat kosher food than a Jew in uh, in, in, in Taganga in Colombia, for example. There's no Jew, no kosher, nothing there. So it's much easier for a Jew here to serve Hashem through the way he eats than a Jew in, in a place like Taganga or Indonesia or who knows where in the world where it's very hard to have kosher food. So for some of us, it's hard to keep kosher. For some of us, it's hard to, to pray 
properly to wake up early and go to the synagogue for some of us it's hard to take care of other people it's hard it doesn't mean that keeping mitzvot keeping Hashem will is gonna be something easy it has it takes effort it takes um, us to get out of our comfort zone it's not something that is comfortable so uh, so we're called to overcome our own unique personal challenges. This is the whole purpose of the Torah. The Torah is teaching us like, hello, you're not bounded by this. You can get out of it. And it's very interesting. I'm not going to tell you the movie, but I really recommend it. It's called Three Identical Strangers. And it's the story of three, twin, three triplets uh, that were separated by birth and given on adoptions. And later in life, when they're in their 19 years old, they... They find each other by accident, and um, and what unfolds, and the whole thing is a nurture versus nature. And yes, there's many things in our lives that make us be in a certain way, the way we were brought up, genetics, everything. But at the end of the day, we do have the capacity to get out of anything and just do the right thing. We we can do it. It's not easy. It's hard but we can do it. So, and sometimes one must get completely out of his comfort zone to do the right thing. Sometimes we really have to stand up to what is right, even if other people will never talk to us again. So this is the predicament of the destitute Jew who can't feed his family and his own option is to sell himself into slavery, a path the Torah doesn't, doesn't approve of. Like, it's like the last thing you should do. There's other things that you can do apart from becoming a slave. So another option the Torah gives a person uh, is to take a loan from a fellow Jew. And in the Torah it says, in this same parasha, it says, when you lend money to my people, to the poor person who is with you, you shall not behave towards him as a lender. You shall not impose interest on him. So. This is one of the biggest mitzvahs in the world is to lend money to people that need money. And, and you cannot uh, charge uh, uh, interest on that money. Like if I, I lend you $10, I cannot charge you 10 more dollars because I lent you the money. I have to give you $10 and that's what you give me back. I cannot make money from it. It's not, it's not a business. It's not, I cannot do it. So Rabbi Ishmael Ben Elisha, who was a rabbi that was contemporary to Rabbi Akiva, that they lived in the times of the second temple, said that the verse it begins with the word im in Hebrew, which means uh, if. So it would be understood if you shall not behave, um, if, if, if you lend money to my people, to the poor person, but so it says that it's talking if it's like it's an option. You can either lend or not. But it's telling us here, he's, what he's saying is that in, in, in other two cases in the Torah, this in doesn't mean that if you decide to lend. It means that you are commanded to lend. It is an obligation to lend money to the poor. It's not optional. If a per, poor person comes to you, and tells you, can you lend me money? You are obliged to lend him money. And today there's many people that do this as a kindness, as a chesed, they have a, a gemach and they put money apart and they're lending money continuously to other people. Sometimes people return, sometimes people don't return. 
It's a whole thing. But the mitzvah is a huge mitzvah. So slavery is never the only option. And it ends up becoming a comfortable uh, situation. Because for a slave, when he is a slave, he owes nothing. He's there working. He's repaying whatever debt he has. But he has no responsibilities towards anything. He's just comfortable. He knows he's going to be fed. He knows he's going to be clothed. He knows he has a home. He knows he has food. He has where to sleep. He has no stress in life. So to borrow money is a little more embarrassing to a person and it's difficult to go and ask people for help. And it creates responsibility. It creates in a person a responsibility. Yes, this person lent me money. I have to return it right? If you're a decent person, you're going to feel endowed. So a person has option A or a person has option B. And option B is the difficult way out, but it is the correct way to do it. So after all, a Jew must only be a slave to God. And um, when the six years pass by and the Jew chooses to remain as a slave forever for the 50 years, he reveals that the initial choice to sell himself wasn't only out of pure desperation. He's not so desperate. It wasn't because he was desperate. He, he chose to be a slave because he wanted a responsible, free life. He didn't want to have responsibility in his life. So this is why his ear is pierced to demonstrate that this person has removed himself from the status and responsibilities of every Jew. And as the Rebbe Menachem Mendel Schneer, son of blessed memory, explained, uh, he said that uh, he said, when first becoming a slave, we do not punish the man by piercing his ear, since he is compelled by difficult circumstances. So when a slave comes, he becomes a slave for the first time. He's, he just became a slave. We don't punish him, we don't pierce his ear because there has to be mercy. You know, you have to have the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this guy needs six years of respite and after six years he'll start working on himself and see what he's gonna do with his life. However, if after six years of slavery he claims I love my master and does not seek his freedom, this proves that he does not view slavery as a necessary evil. Rather, when he sold himself to begin with, it was not because he lacked any other choice, but simply because he doesn't mind being a slave. So if a person becomes a slave and after six years he's off, he left, he paid his debt, he did whatever he had to do, and then he goes out and he rebuilds his life, that's, a, that's okay. That's, that's a person that is responsible, is a person that is empowered, is a person that is doing what he needs to do. But if a person, after six years, decides, you know what, this is where I am, this is how I'm going to be the rest of my life, then uh, he doesn't mind being a slave. And, uh, and it's a sin. It's something that is not right because Hashem doesn't want us to be slaves to other people. He doesn't want us to be dependent on other people. He wants us to depend on him. And this person is not dependent on God. He is not working for Hashem. He's working for a, another master. So compassion is number one. We should always have compassion. But then we have to 
to to make the other person understand that they, that he has to mind being in that position, that he has to really say, you know what, this is not right. I, I cannot be like this all my life. I have a res- I have a purpose. I have a mission in this world. There's something I have to give. I cannot be a taker all my life. So. So taught by the case of the Evet Nitzra, of this uh, pierced ear slave, that even the most logical laws of the Torah, and based on the understanding that we each have uh, our, our purpose in this world, and as a free people under God, is a great privilege full of responsibilities. Like to be a person that follows Hashem's Torah is a person that is full of responsibilities. Because when a person becomes a servant to Hashem, an Ovet Hashem, in, uh, then he has to live up to who he is. He has to come to this world and see it as a privilege. It's a privilege to be alive. It's a privilege to be able to do pro- Torah and mitzvot. It's a privilege to be able to do good in this world. And he's not going to take his life and just say, okay, I gave up, whatever. I just need to eat and get dressed and go to sleep. That's my life. And so even if we make a mistake in life and choose foolishly because we all sometimes fall down, we all fall. Even the Tzalikim fall seven times and seven times they stand up. We are encouraged to keep trying and that's the beauty. Hashem wants us to keep trying. He gives us Teshuvah, He gives us the ability to repent and to be able to become better and become uh, better people and to lift ourselves up and continue. So the worst mistake is not to make a wrong choice in life. That's not the worst mistake. People sometimes don't do things because they're scared to fail. Failure is not the worst mistake. Believe me, from failure, a good, a, a lot of good has come from failure. People that have built businesses and they have failed and they have uh, fallen down and got up again and fallen down, they have learned how to make things work. Failure is great. So the the, the wrong choice is to despair and give up and just give up on life and say this is it I, I give up I don't I'm not I don't want to be better I just want to be taken care of so the peers years to one who chooses not to remain um, a slave to worldly circumstances uh, and to be a slave to God really what I was saying here is sorry to to rephrase this is to have a peers ear and to be a neat, uh, an Evet Nitzra, a, a peer slave, a, a slave that just gave up on life, is a person that chooses not to remain a slave to God. And so he becomes, a, 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 and, and, and this means not to be a slave to worldly circumstances, to life. So to be a slave to God, on the other hand, means that we take control of our lives not depend on others. We are not saying I'm like this because this person did this to me. We take full responsibility for our actions and in our lives. And, um, and we're always trying to be the best person we can be with what we have. So I leave you here. I wish you a great week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Thank you.